women will be like, he's so great, but I'm not attracted to him. And I'm like, okay, attraction, like a real attraction takes time. You need to trust them. You don't just trust someone when upon meeting them after 45 minutes over coffee, like you need to feel in your body that you can be comfortable around them. That takes time to feel attracted to someone. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Alia Corin is a podcaster, CEO, and author. She started her podcast and Instagram, Dating Intentionally, last year to help women have fun dating and to use the apps with confidence. Talia went on over 60 first dates in 10 months and documented every step of the way to teach herself and others how to date more intentionally. Enjoy the show. So that sex chick listeners, we speak a lot about relationships, of course, sex and love, the whole shebang. If I look back all the way to 2020, when the podcast launched, I'm pretty sure I can count on maybe just a couple fingers how many podcasts, episodes, how many episodes have been specifically geared towards dating. Now, I have not been playing the field and been in the dating game myself for about five years, so a little over five years, and I don't know what's changed. And even... If I look back to before the five years that I've been with my now husband, Jordan, I wasn't really dating all that much. I'm one of those people that kind of just found myself in relationship. And then very shortly after one would end, I'd kind of have one right behind it. And so when I look back, I don't really see pockets of my life where I was really actively dating, though I know that there are so many of you that are listening that are probably craving this conversation because that is not your experience. That is not your existence. And I think that I might have this like one relationship rolling into the next one that might've been handed down from my mom, which those of you who've been listening for a while, she was episode number one way back when. And so you'll know, and I speak about it pretty frequently, she's been married five times and that was her experience. She was just kind of like one would be out the door while one would be walking in. And I never really saw the transition or what it looked like for her dating. And so naturally I'd say some of that probably rubbed off on me, but I know that there are some people that that try, that there's some trying in it, that there's some strategizing with it, that there's, and my guest right now, she's quiet right now as I'm introing the show, but as I'm speaking, she's raising her hands. And I know so many people that are like, I want to do this more intentionally. And I, I want to do this and I want it to be more easeful. And while of course my experience was a little different, I did wind up in relationships that if I would have just paused and maybe slowed things down. I mean, like, do I actually want to be in this relationship that kind of turns into a situationship that kind of turns into whatever it turns into next? Then I might've done that differently, but here we are. I can't go back and change those things. They did eventually lead me to my now husband. So this podcast, I'm going to stop rambling now and intro Talia Corin as my guest so that we can have a big old conversation that is about how to date better how to date more intentionally and 
my hope is that we can talk about how to enjoy the process more because I know that this should give so many people so much grief. It's like, I kind of think of it like going on Zillow. When I first go on Zillow, I am so excited to look at the houses. And after about 20 minutes, I'm like, this is the worst process ever. I hate it until the next day. And then I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to open Zillow again. (laughs) I don't know if that's actually a great analogy, but it definitely has that feel for me. But anyway, Talia, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. And I can attest that that is that your Zillow analogy is very accurate. Yeah. For many people. Okay. Well, yeah. let's go there. Let's just go there. How did you wind up coming on to a show called That Sex Chick to talk all about dating? Great question. I got out of a relationship in 2021 in the summer. It was a six year relationship and I launched myself into dating. I was so excited to get back in the field after that relationship and put everything I learned to the test. And at some point in that journey, I started my Instagram account because I realized I'm not the only person in my friend group who's single right now, or was, I'm not single right now, but at the time. And I realized no one else was having fun. Everyone was complaining. I'm like, why am I the only person having fun? I was having a blast. And that's why I started the Instagram. Like, okay, maybe I can help more people have fun here because dating actually isn't that bad. It's not that horrible when you are intentional about it. And then somehow your team luckily found me and I'm here. (laughs) Thanks to the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when I think of the possibility of dating right now, I'm like, where does it fit? Where do I make the time? And so maybe there are people that it's a drag or like it takes so much time or there's that feeling of if I'm going to put, if I'm going to invest my time and my space and my energy into even going on a two hour date and then it leads to nothing, seemingly nothing on the surface, then was it really worth it? And do I actually have the space for this? It's worth it because every date is a chance to learn about yourself, whether or not it pans out. You are really dating to do research on yourself. I treat it like I'm not, I don't have a science background at all, but I treated dating like a massive experiment for the first eight months of it until I was ready for like, okay, I think I'm ready for a relationship, you know? So yeah, like you don't have to even be ready for a relationship to date. You need to know what your preferences are. How else are you going to do that by just watching from the sidelines? No, you got to throw yourself in the game and realize that most dates aren't going to pan out. You got very lucky or I don't know how you kind of were talking in the intro about it was just kind of morphing into relationships throughout your life. And I did have that experience too before that six-year relationship that ended. You know, I broke up with him when I was 29, which is like one of those pivotal years Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I'm 29 and now I'm going to be single again after being with someone for six years. What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I I mean, uh, it's a moment for sure. So I'm curious then, what did you learn? What were some of the things that you learned in exiting that six-year relationship? Like, I think back on relationships when I left or they ended, I was like, okay, here's my long list of things that I'm no longer going to stand for. And here's my long list of things that I'm going to pay attention to when I go to do this again. So what were some of the things that you were like, these are my lessons learned from exiting I think the relationship? Yes. I mean, first of all, like I didn't have that list at 23 when I entered that relationship at all. I just thought he was hot. That was it. I was like, oh, he's hot. And he likes me. Wow. Yeah. And he likes the music I like, you know, that's kind of enough. But no, I, the number one thing, like the promise I made to myself was like, I will not get into a relationship with someone who is very avoidantly attached. That was like the thing I learned 
that was I wanted to test my ability to pick up on the signs that someone is avoidantly attached. Spoiler alert. In my process, I learned that I am actually avoidantly attached naturally when I'm not in a relationship. It was a pretty fun realization in therapy. I'm like, oh wait, oh wait, am I avoidant? Oh yeah, I guess I kind of am. I guess, you know, as you probably have discussed, attachment styles fluctuate based on who you're with and circumstances and your past and everything. So that was the number one thing I learned to look out for. Mm. Okay. And so what are some of those patterns that you could see in yourself or in others? For sure. So in others, it was the classic, the classic, just if you were trying to move things forward, they were trying to push it back. Or if you wanted to broach certain topics, they would just zip right up, close up, not want to talk about it. I learned that if you said on a date that you weren't having a great day, how they responded said pretty much everything you need to know about their empathy levels and how they're able to like feel that just that statement. Not even like, I wasn't even like, I'm having a really bad day. It was just like, oh yeah, I didn't have a great day today. Like standard conversation. And that was one of my- would be like- Sometimes they just wouldn't respond. No, so that's a more empathetic response okay. than literally like, well, the menu looks good. Or like, oh, what cocktail do you want? You know, like literally <laughs> that would happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those were the things that you had on your radar. What did it look like then going out into the world- I'm going to be date. I'm going to be a dater. So if those are some of the things that you were looking out for, tell me about how you were able to have fun. Great question. So I think my circumstances definitely contributed to my enjoyment of dating. I moved to Seattle from New York city with my ex and I broke up with him like before even we were up for a year here and the pandemic was happening. We were moving. So it was like, I was single and things were open again. It was just post vaccine and things were opening up. So dating became a way to explore the new city, the new to me city, right? Like I was checking out all these bars. I was going to different neighborhoods. So that was really what was very fun for me. I love new places. I just like, I always want to try new restaurants. I don't want to go to any repeats, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was what really made it fun. Okay. So it was a little bit less about finding the person or being with the person. It was more about you getting to go try new things. Yeah. And also dress up. I like putting on makeup and dressing up and looking cute, wearing different outfits. I like being out. This is also like, I work from home. What am I doing after five o'clock? I'm not going to just sit at home every night. I'll go crazy. So I would of course see friends. I love fitness and bouldering and like I do different workout classes, but you can't do that every night. Right. So other nights I'd go out on dates. So many dates that it was 61st dates in 10 months. Yes. So let's get the rosebud thorn if you've ever played that <laughs> oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like what was like the biggest revelation, the most exciting thing? And you said that you're not single now. So I imagine maybe your person has something to do with the rose part, but the bud. So maybe it's something that is blossoming has potential and the thorn. What was the thorn in the side through the experience? Okay. So funny when you said the rose, my boyfriend who I did meet on hinge in this process was not my first thought. <laughs> it was more <laughs> the rose of my dating process, I think was just a really building confidence, building that muscle and realizing that I'm okay if I don't have a partner. Like I really like my life. I really like myself. 
I don't need a partner to have the life I want. And that was hard. Like going from building, thinking of being in the mindset of us for many years, and then suddenly being in the mindset of me, how do I build my life as if I will never find a partner? Because we have to do, you can't just sit and wait. I realized like, oh, I can do all the things I wanted to do even without a partner in the mix. I can plan for it. I can like be on that trajectory. And that was like the biggest rose, right? And I hope that listeners who are single can go through that too, because you really can do your whole full life. You can be a full person without a partner. The bud, I think the bud is more my relationship, honestly, that I found through this. We've been dating for six months. He was first date number 56 out of 64, actually. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going extremely well. And I did all the work paid off so far. 56. And you still went on... (laughs) You know, you still passed 56, went to 64, even after you met him. Yes. It's important to continue to date multiple people at once until you are sure about someone or like you just want to focus on someone. So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll book that. We'll come back to that. The thorn dating is hard, right? I still had emotions for people. I got let down. I got ghosted. You get a little... I think Jared Freed on you up, he says this, he's like, if you want to get hit, you have to walk in a traffic. You're going to have some painful moments in that process. You can't avoid the pain of dating, but you can work on how that, how much it affects you. Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection, as well as waterproof sex blankets. You know, that's one of my faves. Yoni steam herbs and stools strap-on harnesses, specialty vibrators, anal toys and prostate massagers, water and oil-based lubricants, breast massage oil, menstrual products, and so much more. If you can believe, I have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products. By far, the most impressive part of my collection are the items I have by Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it, and that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment and partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection and use promo code thatsexchick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection. And don't forget to use the promo code thatsexchick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Great. Okay, so I imagine you've got some tips for people. A tip or two. Just a few. Just a few. (laughs) Just a few. And I like that this was so fresh for you too. Like it wasn't all that long ago that you were in this experience. So what would you say is the biggest mistake that you see people make in early stages of dating slash maybe you experienced it in yourself? Oh yeah. Great question. The biggest mistake I see people make is expecting way too much from a total stranger out the gate. 
no matter where you meet in person or online or at an event or even a friend someone who's a friend that you're going to date like they're still a stranger in a certain way and people go in expecting a certain level of attention affection communication that is just like you cannot expect that from someone you just met who literally never heard of you before doesn't know you you don't know any, you don't know what their deal is you don't know anything about them and i think releasing expectations is going to help you the most expectations i think are about other people standards are about yourself right so you can't control other people but you can control your standards so if someone isn't acting in a way that's up to your standards you cut them loose you will be upset if you expect them to act a certain way and they're not Like you need to recognize, like if they're not acting a certain way that makes you feel good or that you want in a partner, you cut them loose, but you're not going to make them act a certain way. They just met you, you know? Right. Right. And that's, I mean, thinking about moving your relationship into the future too, if you're starting right out of the gate, wishing they were doing something different or that they were more available to something that they just simply aren't. Yeah. 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 Let them show you who they are right in the beginning. Don't date for potential. Like, oh, maybe once they get to know me, they'll start complimenting me more. No, if they didn't compliment you on the first or second date, they're probably not a naturally complimentary person. That doesn't mean they're bad. It just, like, I run into that a lot. I love compliments. I'm a words of affirmation person. Yeah. And by third date, you didn't say anything about me. I'm like, okay. Right. That's not it. We just know what you're (laughs) opting into then. And it's a choice that you get to make. Am I okay with this possibly for the rest of my life? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So my now husband, Jordan, he's a words of affirmation person too. So he naturally gave that to me immediately. He compliments me pretty much all day, every day. Every time he addresses me, he says something sweet to me. He says, my beautiful, perfect, most gorgeous wife. He'll say things like that before, or he'll look at me and he'll, I'll literally be in like, I have like house slippers on and like half pajamas still. I'm like, half pajama from the waist down and like the waist up is like I have a podcast interview to do (laughs) and he's just like you're so cute all the time it's something like that that just comes out and he's been that way since the moment he private messaged me first on Facebook over five years ago so it's true it is really true and and he's been like that I will never try to change that and when I meet his when I've experienced his dad I'm like oh this is where you get it from he's just a character like that but also what I had to be okay with is the first time we went to dinner so he was from California or he's half he was living in California spent half of his life there and I was in New Orleans and he flew to meet me because we'd met online he's like I want to see if this is real So this is the kind of shit that I wound up in my life where I'm just like, okay, you choose me. Let's go. I'm trapped. Like, it's just been really interesting. So we went to dinner for the first time. I just really realized how noisy he is immediately. He's fucking noisy. Like eating? All of it. Like a noisy eater? Oh. All of it. He's not even just a noisy eater per se. I've gotten him to like be, to make less sounds when he's actually eating, but just... Like he clears, is he like a moaner when he eats? No, he, he clears his throat. Just in general, I just remember it being at dinner yeah, right. where it's just okay. like he clears his throat a lot and he like has bigger, his energy is kind of big sometimes. And I am like offended by that Interesting. in some people. So it's like 
I don't know. I don't have another way to describe it other than like, I'm kind of offended by it where I'm just like, yeah, stop that. Yeah. <laughs> stop yeah. those sounds. Be still. Stop. <laughs> but now I know so much about him and I'm just like, okay, you're destined to be this creature. You know, he didn't have a lot of guidance in coming a young man. He figured it out and his parents were gone a lot. And so he just like turned into the creature that he is. And he is just the most sweet, genuine human. And I love him so dearly. And he's fucking loud. Like he just doesn't understand. He like wakes up and he's got to go pee. And he like leaves the door open to in our room. And I'm like, to me, I like walk, I like tiptoe to the door. Right, right. And I close it so so quietly. And I like don't want to disrupt him when chances are none of that would probably matter to him. But I do it for me. Right. Like he wakes up and he's going to go make coffee. And I hear him clanking around and all these things. And like, to me, I'm just like, my inner dialogue is like, choose not to be offended by this. He literally doesn't know. He yeah. doesn't understand. But bringing this back think- to the choices is I had to, in the beginning, go, can I deal with this for my whole life? Like, if this is actually my person and I'm going to choose for him to be my person, then there are going to be things that I really love and things that I wish he didn't do. But it only causes suffering for me if I hold on to, I wish you weren't this way. Yes. Yes. And I think it really, you make an, you just paint an amazing picture because you're on this date. You are noticing these things. You could have gotten the ick. You could have been like, he's so great, but there's this one thing I don't like. You're going to like to everyone listening, like you're going to find things you don't like about the person you are dating. Yeah. Like that, ask that question. is like, is this a deal breaker? Is this something I'm willing to live with or not? I'll be honest. When I met my now boyfriend, he's not my type. He has long red hair and a big red beard. And I've never dated anyone with red hair. I have red hair. I've never dated anyone with red hair. Usually they remind me of my brother. They're like, you know, who also has like really red hair. But I wasn't going to look like that was that. I knew that didn't really matter in the long run for me. And now I think he's really hot. Spoiler alert. Like, obviously, I'm very into him. And yeah, we've talked about this. Like he can make, he's very snarky. makes a lot of jokes. Sometimes they're not at the right time, but that's something it's like, okay, like that's something I am willing to, I can feel I can deal with that. And yeah, he you can work on making it yeah. in, in better and you, his delivery. Yeah. And all we that. talk like, about yes. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And Jordan now has worked on being more considerate, but it just totally wasn't on his radar for all of his life. And maybe he's not, yeah. he hasn't been partnered with someone that cared as much as I do or has a reaction that I do to that thing or he's been partnered with women who just wanted to pretend like it didn't bother them because they also want him to leave and those stories though like we don't know it doesn't really matter it's all about how you feel about it totally yeah and I think that's another thing another mistake people can avoid is in the early stage communication with people I think an anxious attachment tendency is to create stories about why they're not texting back or why they're this way or why they're that way. It's like, don't do that. Focus on the facts. Look for real evidence. Like, are they on a date with you? Great. They find you attractive. That is like, especially for men dating women, that's something you can absolutely lean on as a fact. Like, oh, they're texting you. Great. They want to be texting you because they are texting you. Don't assume they're people pleasing just because you are a people pleaser you know (laughs) yeah you need to be really aware of the stories you're creating in your head which is really just your way of protecting yourself like 
we can have compassion for that parts of ourselves too that want to create the stories to protect ourselves and stuff but it really just makes all that a lot worse and you can actually make yourself feel way worse from the stories you create than what's actually happening if they're taking a little bit too long to text you know yeah listen to that back (laughs) oh yeah all the time i'm like i am the creator of my suffering stop this Go for a walk, read your book, figure it out, distract yourself, call a friend. Yeah. Um, But okay. So having been on that many dates in that short length of time, I imagine, well, a couple questions. How did you get hooked up on those dates? Was it mostly dating apps? And then what would you do if the date wasn't great? Sure. So yes, I primarily used Hinge and a little bit Tinder and then also Bumble. I did meet people in real life too at the climbing gym or literally like random places like Facebook marketplace. I asked someone out, (laughs) you know, just wherever farmer's market, you know, like everywhere, but hinge was great. I love hinge huge fan. I paid for all these apps again, because I was very serious about this. And I, I think paying for the apps, if you are really dating is a great idea. I think it does help people, but yeah. So I was messaging people on hinge going on dates really quickly. I went on a lot of boring dates which again, were fine because I was at a place I enjoyed, right? Mm-hmm. Drinking beer or coffee or whatever that I enjoyed. It was fine. Keep dates short. They should be 45 minutes to an hour, one drink, one coffee, especially for a first date. Mm-hmm. If you're out there having seven hour first dates, what are you doing? No, don't give that some, a stranger that much of your time. They need to, they both like it's a two way street. They need to earn it and you need to earn it for them, right? Short dates. And if it wasn't great, I think rule of thumb, Never plan the second date on the first date. If you are a people pleaser, which I have something I had to overcome too, you might feel inclined to be like, yeah, let's do it again when you were ending the don't say that. Just nip it in the bud, say, let's sleep on it. Great line. Works very well. It's neutral. It's not negative. It's just like, hey, let's sleep on it. I'll see, you know, have a good one. Bye. If I went home and realized I didn't want to see them again, I would shoot them a text, which I have some texts pinned to my Instagram profile at the top. Which but basically tell just everyone saying, what your Instagram profile is because we haven't mm-hmm. mentioned it yet. Oh, yeah. My Instagram is dating.intentionally. Uh, you can find me there. Thank you. But yeah, so the text would just say, hey, it was really nice spending time with you, but I don't think it's a match. Best of luck. That's it. Most 99% of the time, they'd be like, thanks for letting me know. Good luck to you too. Very calm. However, like of course, camaraderie people... in it. Like we're in this together. Yeah. We are not going to be together, but we're in this together. Exactly. Go, girl. Yeah. Don't ghost people. Just send the text when you know you're f- for sure. If you can't think of a good reason why not to have a second date, go on the second date. If you can, that was one of my rules, right? That's how I had my second date with my now boyfriend. I really couldn't come up with a solid reason to not have the second date. I was like, yeah, we had a good time. We had a good conversation. He's interesting. He's funny. Sure. You know? Yeah. So that's what I would do. And if I did like the date, if I did want to see them again, I'd say the same thing. Let's sleep on it. The next day, when are you free next? Right? As a woman, you don't have to wait if you're dating men, right? You could just get your answer sooner. Don't people are like, he didn't ask me for the second date. Like they'll be like texting for weeks and weeks. They're texting me and they're not asking me for another date. What's going on? It's like you don't have to wait. Just say when are you free next? Because they're just gonna keep wasting your time. Right. And they'll tell you if they're interested, you can just like kind of keep eking it out and like having this dialogue back and forth that just kind of stringing along, hoping that at some point they will say, 
when are you free next? But yeah, I mean, if you, they might not. Yeah. Yeah. They, like if you, and if you're sitting there wondering, you can get, I always say get to the no sooner. Like if they're just texting you and like keeping you on the bench, no, you're not a bench person. You're yeah. better than that. <laughs> like yeah, get off the bench. The first or... string. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're varsity. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pretend I know sports. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go too. Okay. So you did a lot of work on the apps and of course, in real life stuff. So you were busy living your life, doing your thing, but you're not going to go to the climbing gym every day. You're not going to go to class every day, that kind of thing. Because you know, a lot of times I, even though I had a different experience with dating, I still work with a lot of people that are in that place and they are dating or they're wanting to that whole call their person in. What does that look like? This is it being intentional. This is the calling of the person in is being intentional and putting yourself in these particular places at certain times that are a match for you and being super intentional. You know, you're not really calling your person. in if you go on one date and it's terrible and you could have screened that better on the way in, you know, <laughs> I gave up on this. Like screening is really hard. It's tough. Yeah. Scre- like, yeah, that was, I would say screening is hard. That's why I'd rather just go on the date than sure. try. Because what happens is like you get into interview mode on Hinge or on a phone call before the date and you're like trying and just like not, you still can't catch it all. You know, one of my sure. big, I would sure. say for our listeners trying to be intentional, know your needs and be zero, like focused in on them. Like be very lasered in on them because like that is what's going to guide you that's what will guide your person to you if you want to use that language like you need to be very aware and focus on your needs and I had certain questions right off the bat that I would know if they would be able to meet my needs or not and one of the biggest ones for me is travel I love travel it's a huge part of my life so I really wanted to be with someone who had the means and time to travel and obviously there are lots of different ways to travel. Like you don't have to do luxury travel. I'm just saying someone who wanted to. So I would ask on the apps, Oh, are you going anywhere fun soon? Are you have any trips planned? And if they said to me, Oh, I've never been out of the country. I mean, I know it sounds really judgy, but again, it's my partner. I could be judgy. I want to be with someone who likes international travel. So I'd be like, okay, not a match. Right. If you are 33 and you've never left the country, unfortunately, like again, not a bad person, just not for me. You know? Right. And you need to be, I mean, in a lot of ways, like that, I almost want to use the word ruthless in a sense, but yeah. this is the bit, this is the biggest decision of your life could be Yep, right. It if could this be, yeah. winds up being the person that you're going to date long-term, possibly get married to possibly start a family with, it is the biggest decision. One of the biggest yeah. decisions of your life. So treat it as such. Yeah. You're allowed to be, you're like, people are like, Oh, I'm too picky. You're allowed. You gotta be a little picky. And then there are some things you can't screen for. Like, okay, I live in Seattle, which is for me, a city you need a car in. And it was, I did try to date people without cars and I just like, that's not for me. It just, it's too hard. I don't like it. So that was hard to screen for. You can't ask someone like, oh, do you have a car? (laughs) Like they're getting to the date and they're going to get to the date, how they get to the date on the bus or on a bike or whatever. And I'm like, okay, it's probably like, I've tried this. It's just not for me. <laughs> right. And that's through trial and error. And, yeah. and I like the distinguishing between like screening. Cause that feels very interviewee mm-hmm. and like having boundaries or desires or right. knowing what your yeses and your nos are, your deal makers and your deal breakers. And yeah. so it's also hard. I think back at a time when I did entertain the apps and I was even testing it out. It was more like, well, kind of like what you're saying. Like, it's hard to be like, do you have a car? It's, are you a smoker? 
Like right. that is something that goes completely against my being, my life, all of that. And I dated two of them back to back. And I told myself that they were, they, and they are, they were great people and I loved them and whatever relationships that we had. However, the impact that had on my life was not okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was really tough because there was like a culture around it at times and the job that yeah. I was doing. So you love travel. I was a crew member on cruise ships for almost six years. Amazing. So a lot of travel. Yeah. <laughs> but the smokers on a cruise ship, especially the crew members, they're like a private community, like a private club. Like they're always hanging out in the smoking areas of the ship when they have free time. And so if I wanted to be with my partner, I'd have to go into these hot boxes and it was so hard for me. And so I'm like, and yeah. every time we get off of the ship, anytime I'm using- And you're not a smoker, life, right? Like, like I said, no, I'm assuming you're not. Yeah, not yeah, a smoker. Hard. Never have been a smoker. No. And so yeah, it was like, just really impactful in my life. Only at that time in my life, in my early to mid twenties, I would try to tell myself, oh, but they don't deserve to have this go against them because they're really great in all these other ways. But I didn't realize I needed to grow up a little bit more before I realized yeah, like, and, no, I just don't want that. I, I don't want And they that. can find someone who's a smoker who's a and smoker? that's fine. Yeah. There's who's, lots of people out there. Yeah. Who's perfect fine. for them. Yeah. You know, totally. and they're typically drinkers too, that I notice with. That was a big that. one for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, another thing you can't really screen for, right? Until you're on the date and they've had four drinks in like an hour and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Have a good one. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So just having some like guidelines and also at the same time being open to mystery and possibility and who knows what's going to happen. So a little bit of that too. But I think for people though, when you know, you know, and if you know, you don't know, then maybe go on the second date and then, you know, yes. yes. Okay. Or, and then also a third, it wasn't until a third date okay. that I clicked with my now boyfriend. But again, I went on that third date because I was really excited. Well, I was fine seeing I'll be honest I wasn't like super pumped to see him I was very excited about the comedy show we had planned together but then of course in the day I was having a great time but I was like oh I'm gonna see comedy today and this guy will be there and he's fine <laughs> you know yeah. and I was like oh wait I actually like you <laughs> yeah great and yeah. we're doing a thing that yeah. I enjoy that I'm excited to be doing and that's you know Jordan and I's second date was Envision Festival in Costa Rica Oh my um, that God. was the second time we met. He flew to see you for, to, he flew to Louisiana to see you for the first date and the second date, Costa Rica. Yeah. The second time we saw each other in person, we met up. Yeah. You're the exception, not lives. the rule. <laughs> oh, totally. And I, I know this for sure. I know this. Like I look back at my life and I'm like, I don't understand this small town, Louisiana chick to have had this much life lived by 30 years old was, I still look at him like, well, I don't know how I did that. Like it, it I had a Amazing. lot going against me. I very much could have followed the trajectory that all of the people in my small town, just outside of new Orleans, uh, most of them have followed, which is marry somebody that you went to high school with and stay here forever and have a bunch of kids. And if that was for a lot of them, that was perfect for some of them. I think that they might've sold themselves short and they might be in that place of like wondering, and they created the life that they were going to have. And, and that's just, that's what they have now. Mine is a little bit different. I've done it kind of flip-flopped where now I'm embarking on the next great adventure, which is the stuff that they got started with when they were barely 20 years old, which is family. Right. And so having this now I'm very aware of what I'm giving up of what I'm sacrificing and, and I'm consciously choosing to sacrifice it, but I've touched it all. It's not like, Oh, but right. I wonder what it would be like if I could have traveled the world. I did it. I know whenever mm -hmm. I bring a kid into the world, I know what I'm giving up. 
I touched it all. I rubbed all against it. I went all over the place. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, um, for Jordan and I, we got to meet, like you went to the comedy show and you guys clicked. I felt, I was like in, I'm giving a thumbs up. I was like, I was in on our first date, meaning like he came to Louisiana and stayed with me for a couple of days, but it was our second date when we were on, in an environment that is my favorite environment to be in. It didn't really matter if he was there. I was going to have a right. Right, I was going to have a right. great time, but how we played in a festival environment where you had to live and stay and survive on campus, basically, right. I was like, you're my fucking person. Yeah. Let's do this. And then we That's just were great. inseparable after that. Oh, I love that. And that is, yeah, you do a great point in dating. You have to put yourself in different situations. You can't just have interview, like date, dinner dates or bar dates eat or coffee dates like you gotta get out and do different things so yeah comedy show on not on the first date but for a second third whatever is great because you can see what they react to you can like see how they are in a crowd and how they deal with wait staff and like you know just whatever else it's weird i clicked like i really felt this click moment with him when we were just waiting in line you know what i mean like it was literally just yeah i was like oh wait i like this attention you're giving me right now and i feel very good in this and it was so again like you have to let these kind of little moments happen which don't really when you just show up to a bar restaurant and you're sitting across from each other so agreed yeah totally I think that that's great things to point out like if you've only ever been on dates and it's to go to dinner and some not great first dates are things like the movies or a show where you actually can't get to know the person you can can only just get in there and like have a ticket you can talk on the line on the way in and then you have to be quiet you know and can I tell you a random bad first date that I didn't think would be a bad first date Tell option me. was an omakase. So oh. omakase is sushi is when you're sitting at the counter and they're giving you a piece of sushi one by one. It is delicious and amazing, but you're interrupted every five minutes when they give you a new piece of sushi. So you can't carry a conversation. So just, yeah, weird. So things like that. That's why I say, keep it simple for a first date, coffee, walk, bar, ice cream, dog park although dogs can be a little distracting i would say generally no pets on a first date but maybe your dog's really chill keep it simple though then second date get into the more fun stuff yeah okay so i have like a small handful of questions here that i would love to just kind of rapid fire go through because i think these these things are going to be hot tips for people and you know of course you sharing your own perspective and like what you actually navigated and i think i know the answer to this question but it's more like the, how do you do it? Some people, I think, get really down when it comes to navigating the apps. They're bogged down and it feels heavy and that kind of thing. What are some tips that you have with regards to having a healthier mindset towards leveraging the apps? Absolutely. So the apps are opportunities for meeting someone, like going to a virtual bar. You're not looking for the one. You're not even looking to be attracted to anyone. You're just looking for someone to have a conversation with. Can I carry a conversation with this person? Can we talk about something for five minutes? That's all you are looking for. So lower the stakes. In terms of just practices, I would recommend if you have no dates lined up and you're pretty open, go on every day for 15 minutes at night or like maybe on your lunch break. Just once a day, 15 minutes, message people back and swipe on some new people. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you're busy though, do it every other day because what happens is you'll have, you'll get overwhelmed with messages and planning dates and you won't be able to actually move forward. So I only use Bumble when I had an open schedule because of that 24 hour limit you have. Basically, you have to message them within 24 hours of matching. So if I knew I couldn't have a date that week, I wasn't going to use Bumble. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. So, 
What would you recommend people using the apps or other online services? What are some things that you would recommend they have in their bio or not have in their bio? Okay. Not have is a little easier. Don't be negative. Don't say what you don't want. Like people will put in, don't message me if you're a smoker. Mm -mm. First of all, apps now have a filter where you can say if you smoke or not. So you don't need to put that, but generally don't say what you don't want, say what you do want because negativity like just turns people off immediately. And it's just easier to flip it. Be positive. Instead of saying like, if you're a homebody, don't talk to me. Say, I'm looking for someone who loves to get out in the world. Yeah. Great. Okay. So keep it in the positive. Yeah. And say what you're looking for. If you're looking for something casual, say that. If you're looking for a relationship, say that because you will attract people looking for the same thing. You're not going to scare anyone off. You don't want to be with someone who's scared off by you looking for a relationship on a dating app. Yeah. It makes no sense. Totally. (laughs) And I always say like, if you can scare them away, great. Yeah. yeah, If there's something you being you that can scare the other person away. Awesome. That's what needs to happen because otherwise you're holding a part of yourself in for fear that the other person will find you out and then reject you. And you can't hold that together for the rest of your life, holding a thing back or holding it in for the sake of, and you'll have, you'll be resentful. You'll feel resentful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if the other person shows you all their cards and you're busy holding some of yours back. Absolutely. So what's coming up for me and just hearing these, your responses to things, and it has been this whole conversation is that this is like a gauntlet for personal development, because if you don't know what you actually want going into these dates and going onto the apps, then it's going to, I think for a lot of people get into a very victim place, a very heavy place, a martyr kind of martyrdom where it's like, it's all bad and all that, but it's like, but you don't really know what you're looking for, what you want. And so then there's like, what that question of what do I want? Who am I? Yeah. What is the really, meaning of life? Like, really like questions. <laughs> really like questions. Yeah. Exactly. But it's, it, those are things that I think for a lot of people, they need to touch, you know, and I've had it positioned before where there's choices when it comes to, and I don't remember where this theory or these statements come from, but I know this is not my own intellectual property here, but I don't know where it comes from, that there are three options when it comes to dating. And the first option is that it's casual. And it's more like fuck buddies. We just want to sleep with each other, which I have a question about when do Mm -hmm. we have sex soon? So there's more like a casual, we know this is not going to go long-term. And so I'm looking for that. Another one is that you are, so let's call that one option. There's two and there's three. So that was option one, casual fuck buddy situation. We're just letting it unfold, seeing what, you know, whatever. The third one, I'm going to jump to the third one. The third one is, I'm looking for my lover, my long-term partner, foundation builder, Your father lobster. of my children. Yes, my <laughs> lobster. Jordan Peterson. Yes. So my lobster. Yeah, I'm looking for that long-term person. We're going to do life together. And then the two, which is in the middle, is someone that you're dating that started off as a fuck buddy, but you try to turn them into your long-term partner, wife, girl, that like long-term thing. You try to turn them into it. Two is also, they were the long-term ideal, but it like fizzles or it doesn't like, it's not quite right. Even though you both went into it, it's not quite right. And you know, it's not quite right. So you kind of like are in and out, but you keep having sex. That's yeah. I'm going to say, yeah. Okay. I have comments. Great. 
My comments are two doesn't really exist. Exactly. Yes. Two doesn't exist. Two. It, okay. But that's a caveat. If you are looking for a long-term monogamous relationship, if that is something you ultimately see yourself, maybe not right now, if you have things, school, work, whatever transitions, moving, whatever, like maybe in the short term, you can't for some reason. But if ultimately you want to be in a long-term partnership, married, whatever you want to call it, two doesn't exist. Totally. And it's not like people try to make it happen. They're like in this weird limbo. It's literally the in-between of the one and the three. And a lot of times what happens with the fuck buddy situation is that it's going to come to a point where someone likes the other person more than the other or wants more from the other person. And it gets really uncomfortable and you're going to have to risk the relationship and go through a death and rebirth process. If it's even possible that you turn it into a long-term kind of relationship and anyone who started off as fuck buddies that is now like married to that person knows shit had to fucking change and you had to go through that process and still choose to be together and start your relationship anew in order to really have so really that you wound up getting the three going into the three but you had to let one die you couldn't just like force it in between I mean I would say if you're single now and you know you are ready for to be serious about dating don't look for that (laughs) you know and don't hope that that will change because I personally like dating intentionally it's like that is not a guarantee. That is not intentional dating by hoping your fuck buddy turns into a serious relationship. Right. Yeah. Like go find someone who is at your level, right. And let them figure it out. And a lot of times though, that person that's at the level that you are telling yourself that you want internally, you really want, it's probably not going to be that really like peak adrenaline, hot, cold. Like there's a reason why the fuck buddy situation is so alluring and is so attractive in a lot of ways. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to get. And that's hot. And I want to have sex with that for some strange reason. I want to fuck we're, that we're conditioned. I think we're conditioned. It's like, it, it plays well on TV and movies right. and like you watching a secure, like stable relationship unfold on TV would be so boring. So boring. Like, yeah. Yeah. So even like with my friends, like telling them about my relationship unfolding with my now boyfriend was pretty boring. It was like, yeah, we went on a date it was good. And I like him and I'm going to go on another date with him. Yeah. There was no drama. There was absolutely no drama. Right. And I think a lot of people get it mixed up. They get it twisted with thinking that the healthy love and the healthy relationship is going to feel the hot, sexy, like crazy passion that they call it passion of the like, fuck buddy. We just really want to like rip each other's clothes up kind of situation. They wind up thinking that that is what healthy love and attraction all that is going to. For some people, their limerence phase, right? The beginning of their relationship is going to be really hot and heavy like that and then some stuff shifts but you know everybody's gonna I have think, like different things that they resonate with there yeah I have some comments on this because I think this is another thing that people get hung up on in early dating is the attraction factor especially women dating men that I talk to women will be like he's so great but I'm not attracted to him and I'm like okay attraction like a real attraction takes time you need to trust them you don't just trust someone when upon meeting them after 45 minutes over coffee like you need to feel in your body that you can be comfortable around them that takes time to feel attracted to someone truly attractive and then the other thing is like you can know someone is attractive and not be attracted to them and the other way around you can know someone is maybe unconventionally unattractive and be super into them 
you need to let that all kind of unfold. Like I knew my now boyfriend was an attractive person. Like he's attractive. Like he is, but I wasn't like, Oh, I like need to jump his bones. Like the second I met him and that wasn't a red flag. It's like, okay, gotta let it simmer, you know, before it comes to a boil. My husband is very attractive so much so that I'm uncomfortable sometimes (laughs) that he's so attractive. Like he has like nine abs and his skin is golden. He spends so much time outside and I'm like this like curvy pale vampire. Don't you dare say a bad thing about yourself. Oh no, 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 no. I'm very, I I know what I'm working with is what I'm saying. I'm like, he's just like a golden boy. He's like, he lives for the sun in California. You sound like a perfect fit to me. And oh yeah. Oh, we definitely are great of being in partnership with each other, but I'm just like super fair. The sun fries me. I'm like very curvy at times. I'm just like, I'm blinded by how attractive you are. And when we first got together, I don't know how smooth I was in telling him this. He can, he can answer that in so many words wound up saying, and this was probably part of my like coy moves where I was like, yeah, you're really hot. And I hope that that's not all that you are. Oh, there you go. That's a bold thing to say. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm sure so many people have wanted to be with you because so many, it's because you are an object of that attracts attention and I don't really care. Yeah. It's like, I care more about so many other things. Yeah, definitely. That's a great attitude in general to have. I mean, I will say when I'm talking to people in my DMS are like, everyone who's attractive on the apps, like doesn't talk to me or doesn't message back. And I'm like, yeah, usually it's the attractive ones who are the worst at this, like the dating apps. Yeah. Because they don't have to try hard. Right. And that's they just get the a truth. lot of attention in yeah. the world. They're busy yeah. people. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like I definitely swipe right on a lot of guys who I thought looked really yummy. Um, oh. And like, you know, if someone messaged back, some wouldn't, it's just like, yeah, no. Just a, it's just a shiny object at that point. Totally. And I would say, I don't know, whenever I look at our relationship, I think when people have some kind of negative things to say, like, oh, all the guys are taken or this or that, or they have like some shit to say. I'm like, this guy found me on fucking Facebook, was in a different state, said, you over there, I like you. I choose <laughs> you. Let's get on FaceTime. I'm going to fly to see you two weeks later to meet you to see if this is a real thing. Then, Love it. then. I'm going to make you my Southwest companion and you're actually just going to travel everywhere with me. I didn't travel anywhere really in the U S only a couple places. I was more international. And then he did sales and education for a company called bulletproof the coffee. And he was like one of their main guys. And so he had all these territories that he had to go and visit and do sales trainings and all that. And so he had a ton of air mile points and he'd been to all, like all these States and he made me his Southwest companion. and was like, you're just going to come around with me. And that was within the first like six months of us dating. Wow. I love that. But I say these things though, to illustrate that when a guy wants you, he's going to make it known. Generally. Yeah. Generally. He's not necessarily going to like, you don't have to coax it out of him. Typically. Now this isn't all the time, but typically you're going to have an idea. I don't believe in that. If he wanted to, he would a thing. I don't really think that's true all the time, but I think that. Yeah, some people want to and don't know how. Some people want to and are confused and conflicted. Like, and just, or some people want to and are nervous, like literally just nervous, which is fine. But I had a similar experience. My now boyfriend, he was like, on our fourth date, I was like, okay, like, you just moved to Seattle. Don't you want to shop around? Don't you want to sample Seattle women? He's like, no, I want a relationship with you. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> like you have to just take their word for it. Right. You have to just right. be like, okay, like you are saying this to me and I'm hearing this and that is the reality. Right. Like, right. I mean, obviously people can lie and people can be people pleasing or gaslighting or whatever, but I'm like, okay, his actions lined up with his words. And I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> you know, Yeah. He made it known very clearly. Absolutely. And I think for anyone, especially women who are dating, you can ask them directly and get the information run it through your system, through your nervous system, and you're run it through your lens of like what you want in life and where you're at in life. And then you can decide if you want to continue interacting with that person or that thing, or if it's best, like you said, to set them free, let them loose and then go into, you know, and decide what you want. If you want someone that is like, I'm fucking choosing you and I want you. And if that's what you want, then hold out for that. Like that's going to find you. It's a good move to in early stage dating after you've gotten to know someone. And if you want to move forward, generally I would advise not asking, but stating, right. You can move, make that move too. It doesn't have to be the guy who is like, I want a relationship. You can say, Hey, I've got like getting to know you. I want to be exclusive. I think I'm ready to delete the apps and then just see what they say. You don't have to ask, what are we, are we deleting the apps? What are you seeing? Like, just say what you want, how you feel, what you're doing. Uh, and step back and just let them see let them respond right let's give them that space what a move what a line so do you want to do this are we ready to delete the apps it's such a cute like it's such a sweet kind of but don't make it a question yeah i'm just advising you don't make it to say i'm ready i'm ready ready to delete the apps yeah like i I, i like you i'm ready to delete the apps because when you make it a question it's somehow more pressure and it's gonna get it's just when you make it a statement, you're forcing their hand a little more mm-hmm. because when you make it a question, they can dodge it, you know? It's true. And I'm not trying to make it be like play games. Like I literally, I'm like saying, communicate your feelings. Don't ask them to show them their hand first, show your hand first and they'll show their hand. Yeah. Ooh, and then you, and then you have to be okay with whatever is going to happen. Exactly. Next. You get your answer. Well, you get your answer. Relationship's going to shift right there regardless. You know, yep. if you're at a place where you're ready to show that mm-hmm. hand and you're holding it back for whatever the reason, like you're just going to build the, um, the discomfort and the awkward, um, yeah. possibly. And like, maybe they'll do the thing that you think that, that you hope that they will do. And yeah, maybe they won't. Not. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be tough. Oh, it's so vulnerable. I know, but the thing you get, it's like a muscle. That's why I loved my aggressive dating was just, I got, by the time I met my now boyfriend, like I was just very comfortable with everything about it. And, you know, you got to build that muscle. And I think, yeah, don't be discouraged by the boring or weird or awkward. Dating is awkward. You got to embrace it. Dating is freaking awkward, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that people who've been listening to the show now, if they are daters, they're feeling more confident, feeling like yeah. they have some tips, some practical little golden nuggets from the show that they can then go and take action on, or maybe go sit with the journal under the full moon and, you know, just write out their things that they want to let go yes. of and the things that they want to replace it with and yes. you know, do some introspection. I meant to mention that as you're going on dates, please write things down, track everything. I had a note in my phone. I had a key with a different emojis. It's on my Instagram with like different emojis for how I felt about them after the date and like who paid because that was just an interesting thing for me to track. I don't care. But, uh, you know, stuff like that. Did we have sex? Did we do oral? Did like what happened? You know, like yeah. I, had all different, I had a different key. Did I get the ick? Like track everything, write notes, 
how about how you feel about people because you will start to recognize your patterns and what you want and what you need and it'll be more fun you'll be like a little scientist well I love it and we're coming to the ends of our time together but I would be remiss if I did not ask you about, and I'm glad that you brought it up again. Like, did we have sex? Because I'm sure that there are some people that are like, well, when do you sleep together? Which is, I know different. That's like a interesting question to ask, but let's just broach the topic really quickly and whatever tips and the insights okay, that wait. you might have about like when to get naked doing okay, this. Okay. But question for you first, why did you get naked with Jordan? With Jordan? <laughs> Yeah. So I have feels about all of Costa Rica or no in New Orleans. Oh, in New Orleans. (laughs) Though, though, before he flew in, I mean, I'm a sex loving relationship coach, and at the time, I was mostly sex educating. That was like more my thing, and like helping people figure out what they wanted in life and in their sex life and their relationship. It's morphed a little over time, but with Jordan, I told him you're flying here, and I don't want to assume any of your intentions. But if you want sex to even to possibly be on the table, then new STI testing is required before you get here. It's okay. I don't right. have I don't have any expectations of us being sexual. But if it gets to that point, if you want that option to be on the table, then this is the requirement. And that yeah. was a big thing. We've talked about it on the show. That was definitely a big thing because yeah. he wound up testing right. positive for, for chlamydia. And who hasn't? I'm kidding. <laughs> that's also true. Um, I, I have. <laughs> yeah. And I've taken the antibiotics for it too, because I had a partner. I didn't even test for it. They just gave me the antibiotics and were like, here, this is the course of action. You were the partner to this. You don't know when it came around. So here, but yeah. I actually had this dose of antibiotics for it at my house. And he had Amazing. to go through the process of like being okay with telling me because he got the results the day that he got there. And so wow. for the first time, like this is a whole story. So yes, yeah. we did wind up That's incredible. getting sexual on some level when he was in New Orleans, but we also had this really big process to go through. It wasn't right. a big process oh. for me. It was yeah. a big process for him. I was a big ho- space holder. Yeah. And it worked out. <laughs> Great. I mean, that's okay. So yes, to answer your question, I would say it's too early to have sex. If you are an anxious person who gets attached very quickly after sex and you don't know if where that relationship is going. Okay. That is when it's too early to have sex. Wait until you know, you have an emotional connection with that person because sex too early. If you're looking for a long-term thing can sometimes replace the emotional initial connection and then you kind of have the sexual attraction and connection as the only connection and it doesn't go any further you need to establish a little bit of an emotional connection first for it to have legs and that is again i am a very sexual person i am very open about this i love sex and i had sex on the first date i waited till the 10th date i did all kinds of things i've talked to a lot of people and that is like my conclusion on that yeah yeah. All right. Amazing. Okay. So let's round yeah. this out now. Okay. With your biggest, let's say your number one, and you've probably said it already throughout <laughs> the show, but we're just going to ha- underscore it here. Yeah. Your biggest pro tip when it comes to dating intentionally. Know your needs, figure out those needs, go to therapy, read books. The artist's way was a huge one for me. I'm doing um, the artist's way right now. Yeah. It's, oh my on, God. I'm on week two. <laughs> Love it. Keep going. Do those morning pages. Oh my oh, gosh. My morning pages. My morning pages. Fuck me up in the yeah. best way. They're so great. I would say that book helped me a lot, but anything you can do to really hone in on your needs in a relationship 
knowing they might change over time and as you date, that will be your, that's your, your compass, your guiding light. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Talia, thank you so much for coming. This felt, it felt like I had to keep kind of roping us back into where like, oh, but she's got great things to share because I just wanted to keep talking to you like you were a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. This I is know. so fun. I hope that the listeners, hope you guys have got some good tips. So thank you. Yeah. And so the additional tips and things that they can get from you, you referenced your Instagram a lot. So it sounds like you have a lot of things that are either pinned to your profile or they're in your highlights or things that you're sharing. And so I would love if people want to reach out and just like hear more of your story, learn more about your dating spree and how that's all unfolded, get more tips from you. What does that look like and where can they find you? Yeah. So right now I have a podcast on Instagram, dating.intentionally. The podcast is everywhere. I only have 10 episodes right now. I'm a newbie. So I appreciate coming on here. And you can also find me at Work Week Lunch, which is my company I own. If you are interested in meal planning, because the other thing I do. <laughs> so that, that's where I am online. Yeah. Great. But I think the main one is Instagram, possibly yes. where they can get like little tidbits from you. Yes. And, I'm and very, I'm very active on Instagram. Yeah. Love that so much. Well, congratulations on your new show. Having a Thank podcast you. is like a whole deal. All the rest of my business can kind of crumble or I can go, oh yeah, yeah, we'll keep it. We'll let it go. But there's something about having the podcast and having the show and the relationship that I have with the listeners over time that I'm just, this is my study. And the main thing that I'm just like, I have to have this baby. So I love that. yeah, podcasting is really special. So congrats. Thank you. All right, Talia, this is a great convo. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom, your time, your experience with all of the listeners. I am sure that they will enjoy the show. And if you enjoy the show as you're listening, of course, I always love to hear it, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love y'all and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.